Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. A friend center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jim. Shared any light in my dream? I dreamed I robbed a bank with Miss Vicky. You both know Miss Vicky. Yeah. You sure you're not dreaming now, eh? Right now. <laughs> Jeez, I never thought of that. I never thought I'm not of sure that. Sure, if I've woken up yet. Yeah, yeah. Dream is it a nightmare? Yeah. Uh, well, dreams and nightmares. Maybe that's appropriate for our topic today. I want to ask you guys uh, if we can talk today about left, right, and center. Because it seems to me that even over the evolution of this program after, over the last few years, that those terms, which, which were never all that precise in the first place, really, uh, and are, are, are notable more for their fluidity than their, than their solidity, to get a bunch of idities in there together, um, that they seem to have changed even more over the last few years. We, now, we have a party in, in Ottawa that at one time would have been considered sort of a leftist party. I'm talking about the liberals. That they were on the left, the Tories were on the right. Well, you, you just can't say that anymore because they're sort of, you know, they're they're left when it suits them and right when it suits them. Um, the Tories are scrapping within among themselves about you know who's right and who's left in the party. Literally, who's left, who's left behind. The NDP is sort of reinventing itself as the party of the quote left. Uh, we've got, and if we look beyond this country, we see that the, the lines seem to be blurring between left and right. You know, the traditional labels, the small, uh, letter labels, liberal and conservative liberals used to be sort of to the left, conservatives to the right, socialists to the far left and the fascists to the far right. But none of those labels seem to be much use anymore if we're trying to nail down political positions. And I think we've seen it on this show with you two gentlemen when it, it, it depends on the topic often as to just where you're going to come down on that on that spectrum. Um, and I'd like to ask you what you think about those labels anymore. Do they have any useful meaning beyond sort of the, you know, the broadest generic sense? And Jeff, I'd start with you who nominally represent the left on this program. Yeah, well, uh, they, they certainly are a handy shorthand, although sometimes uh, it's surprising how, on a particular issue, people who would call themselves left-wingers will ally with right-wingers. Uh, and you look at, even in the United States, that uh, the, the Democratic Party, for instance, is uh, comprised of uh, of northern liberals and southern conservatives, and uh, historically they've gotten together to to uh, to be this government. Uh, I, but it, it's I have a friend who who uh, doesn't follow politics at all, and uh, on any given issue, she'll ask me, "Well, uh, what what do left wingers? What's their take on this, and what's mm -hmm. the right wing take on this?" And it's interesting that that all, it's a shorthand essentially because uh, you know we all have our our value systems, but generally speaking, you or I could tell quite quickly. You just pick an issue, and you can tell what's the left thing and what's the right thing. Uh, you know, broadly thinking, uh, I think, uh, well, for instance, you've got uh, the New Testament, I think, is left wing and the Old Testament is right wing, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's quite useful still. And sometimes it's, uh, I suppose, uh, may stand in the way of, of progressing as far as our as our um, uh, working through issues, because it can also cause a dogmatism where uh, you say, well, I, I'm a left winger, therefore I must think this, that and the other thing without ever really having thought it through. Um, so it's something that that you hope that you can evolve, and and it, it does in the sense that Bill Clinton, I guess, sort of came in talking about sort of being a a new Democratic Party. Uh, I think that they couldn't use that actual name; it's copyrighted. But uh, mm. no, I'm just kidding. But uh, that that was his thing was that he's supposed to be kind of leftish, but uh, but not totally. Tony.
Tony Blair is the same thing with the uh, the new left there, the new Labour Party, uh, where they they sort of meld some of the ideas of traditional left wing politics with just enough centrist right wing to get elected. Uh, and uh, so it's still a useful uh, debate to have. The other thing that I find interesting is why why is a particular person left and why are they right and why do we sometimes change throughout life? Mm-hmm. It's the line that uh, they say, you know, you have to have no heart to be a uh, right winger under 30, but you have to have no brain to be a left winger over 30. You know, it's uh, it's interesting as to why our values change and what does inform them in the first place. Uh, where do they come from? Bob, what, what do you make of this whole left-right uh, dialogue well, these days? I used to think that they, the labels were getting blurred, but I realized that's almost been a purposeful thing that has been going on. Traditionally, we've always believed that, for example, extreme left-wing is, uh, is communism. Extreme right-wing is fascism. Really, the two things are one and the same. Mm-hmm. They're not on two opposite wings of anything. Mm-hmm. They're on two sides of the same coin. And that's why every socialist country, when it runs its course of socialism, it turns either completely communist or fascist. Mm-hmm. Because fascism is more efficient than communism. It's better to just control property that belongs to other people than to have to own it and control it because then you have the responsibility of ownership. And mm-hmm. why bother with that when you can just control people? That's what fascism is. Fascism is state control of private property. Not in the sense of having rules of the marketplace, but in the sense of telling you uh, what you can do, what your choices will be in life, what your economics will be. But the true right wing is capitalism, pure and simple. Left wing is every sort of collectivist notion you can think of, and that's why there are eternal variants of the left wing side of the equation, whereas on the quote, true right, which I think is capitalism, and it's a word you'll never hear a conservative use, conservatives are not right wingers under this definition, mm-hmm. um, that you're talking about basically capitalism, freedom, market market forces. You hear all the parties pay lip service to these things because they know those are the things that work and that all the other isms besides capitalism depend on capitalism to redistribute the wealth that capitalism creates and that the principles of capitalism creates. So really what I think is the true right is capitalism, and the left can be anything from fascism to anarchy to um, you know totalitarianism of any sort in the extreme sense. So um, that's really, I think, the difference. The concept of uh, new democratic versus the old democracy, well, the new democracy is just majority rule without any controls on it, no no limits on what you can vote on, that kind of thing. Uh, the old democracy was sort of, uh, you know, when you're in a constitutional monarchy or in a republic, there are limits on what that what you can vote for. You can't vote to have your neighbor put in jail because you don't like his ethnicity. You can't vote to put somebody away because you don't like their belief or something like this. But if we were truly democratic, we could. Because that's all it would mean today mm-hmm. in terms of majority rule. Although that's not the true meaning of democracy either. Yeah. Uh, Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today to, on Left, Right, and Center talking about Left, Right, and Center. Well, let me ask both of you gentlemen then. The the role of the center in all of this, in the, in the context of this program, we use that to sort of uh, as a as a as a mediating point, if you will, where I sometimes get to referee and sometimes get to wade into the discussions. But is there is there any meaning to people who are non allied to the left or non aligned rather to the left and the right anymore? It seems that the elections. And perhaps they always were, but it seems more these days that elections are won by that great amorphous mass in the middle that can be swayed one way or the other, depending on how the wind's blowing that particular day. Bob, do you think that's anything new? No. Um, 
I don't see the the center as even being a position. It's a it's a road between two positions, and uh, it's like Ayn Rand always used to say: if you've determined that X is good, in her case, she determined capitalism is good, and that Y is bad, and in her case, she determined that socialism and collectivism was bad. If you mix the two, and to to get a quote middle of the road position or something, you're mixing bad with good. And so, therefore, the person who sits in the middle of the road is accepting bad premises along with the good ones, perhaps because he wants something for nothing or because he doesn't want to pay for his medical care or doesn't want to be responsible for his own children's education or whatever, and he prefers the state to take care of those things, which would be options in a free society, by the way, but you can't coerce your neighbor into paying for you uh, under a capitalist system. And that's why there's so much hatred against capitalism and against America in general. You know, any, anybody has seen it as supporting capitalism because it demands individual responsibility it demands um you know that you look after yourself it uh, doesn't prohibit anything in terms of what you want to do in terms of charity helping people but above all it bans the use of force uh, the initiation of the use of force in human relationships that's the key mark and the hallmark of capitalism whereas all the other isms rely upon the state being allowed to initiate force against the citizen, for whatever reason, that it might not be a, a hammer on the head, but something like a subtle thing, like a tax, um, designed to steer people this direction or that direction. But that's literally using coercion in the marketplace. And if there's one thing we've learned from our study of philosophy, morality, and politics, is that whenever you use coercion, things go wrong. Jeffrey, well, from your point of view, Bob talks about the center as being a, a pathway, a roadway between the two competing things. Do you see it that way? It could say it's, yes, it well, must, be, must be a pretty crowded roadway at come election time, though. Yeah, well, and and, and I think that's right, that uh, sort of the, the the best way to characterize it, or most generous, I guess, would be to say that there's a lot of people out there with open minds on uh, on the issues of the day. I suppose a, a less generous way would be to say that they're not engaged, that they're not paying attention to what's going on. And uh, I, I, th I think that one of the consequences of that is that often issues play out not so much based on their own specific merits as to whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's a question of which side is able to characterize their position the most in terms of the kind of virtues and values that uh, they think the average person would hold. So if they can say, we're on the side of um, honest people on this issue, or we're on the side of hardworking taxpayers, or we're on the side of, uh, you know, generous, uh, you know, sort of liberal Democrats or whatever, uh, that, that it's the the characterization of the of the position more than the actual uh, issue itself, which is going to influence how a person comes down in it, because everybody likes to think of themselves as being a basically decent person. They're basically a, a reasonably smart person, and they want to be on the side that decent, smart people are on. So what it means then is that on either side, you're you're trying to spin your issue using language that you hope will uh, will be attractive to them. And and I think fundamentally that uh, left-right issues at root sort of boil down to, uh, from the standpoint of the right, the, the, the best virtue for an individual is to be self-sufficient. And that is to say, I'm looking after myself. I don't need any help from anybody. And if you can achieve that, then that's, then I say, that's the best thing you can do for your society is not to be a drain on them. And and, uh, and on the right, uh, again, that's one of the reasons that we praise people who are successful, who, are, who become millionaires and so on. From the left, I think that they, they see a greater uh, virtue in generosity. And it's, uh, well, okay, you're looking after yourself, that's fine, but what are you doing for other people? And they take it down that road, and that's why they don't like millionaires if they're not donating a lot of money. Uh, and again, I don't know why it is that some people say, well, are we born left and right? Uh, what is it in our wiring that 
causes us to go one way or the other because they're both they both are virtuous you know they're they're both good things to be uh but some people uh, as they say will will characterize themselves as well, saying well I, 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 I don't see side. i don't see a a distinction there i think that the person who's self-sufficient and looking after themselves is by virtue of doing that helping society if i'm producing a product that society can afford and buys from me and it helps me sustain myself i've already done them a favor i don't don't owe them anymore any more than they owe me anymore that's right right that's, that sums up the but, right wing I think. but uh but that doesn't mean that's not to say that Oh, by the way, this concept of capitalism being the law of the jungle, that's one of the most inappropriate uh, analogies I've ever seen. It's, it's completely the opposite. The law of the jungle. How do animals live in the jungle? They devour each other. They kill each other. They use force. Capitalism is the opposite of all that. First of all, nobody gets devoured. It's an economic concept. If you're not good at, at making widgets, you might be good at making gidgets or something, you know what I mean? And uh, so what you have is, is not that somebody's been destroyed, but if they're not good at something, they should be in a field where, where they're better at it. And the idea in capitalism is not uh, a law of the jungle, but a law exactly the opposite, that, that you can do whatever you want, but one thing you can't do is initiate force, to force somebody to buy your product from you. Because that's the whole point of a free market. A free market doesn't mean that it's all free and willy-nilly. It means there's a strict set of rules, and the agents, that is the people who buy and sell within that market, are free to buy from whom they wish and sell to whom they wish. We are uh, not free here. We're going to have to pay a couple of bills, and we will do that. We've got some important messages coming your way. We remind you that our lines are open, too, at 643-1290. If you'd like to join our discussion today on Left, Right, and Center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, you'd be more than welcome. 643-1290. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. This is Left, Right, and Center. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us. And we're talking about left and right and center and what they mean. Uh, what about, uh, let me ask you guys. Actually, before, we, before yeah. can I make a point? Jeff was sure. talking about people in the center possibly being those people who have a, quote, open mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I, I think there's a difference between an open mind and a mind that never makes itself up on one issue or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were going to tell me, for example, that on a sunny day the sky is blue and somebody else came along and said, no, it's not, it's another color, am I being open-minded by entertaining that idea as a serious idea mm-hmm. or am I being stupid mm-hmm. by entertaining something that I know does not, enter, does not correspond to reality? Okay, so, and I think that's where the, the center is. The center is very confused because it's not in the center of capitalism and, and socialism, fascism. It's in the center of conservatism and liberalism, which are two sides of the, you know, two mm-hmm. sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. So no wonder they're confused. They're squeezed between these two. And if they pick one, the government picks the money out of their left pocket. If they pick the other, the government picks the money out of their right pocket. The thing about liberalism, of course, I guess, is that 100 years ago, under the time of Laurier, for instance, liberalism essentially stood for libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Very much totally so. Absolutely. Than a, than a and so did conservatism religion. at its yeah. time. So both of those labels have shifted from a largely capitalistic viewpoint. Spin your issue using language that you hope back and forth over time. But the real axis... It's, I think capitalism on the one side, which is the true right, and on the from the state, well, every otherism, including anarchy. Okay, well, let me ask you about self-sufficient. I guess to say, I'm looking after myself. I don't need any help from anybody. And if you can achieve that, then that's then I say that's the best thing you can do for you. Concerned about socialism and about the, uh, the the socialist aspects of our government. What do you say when people point out to you that the majority of people in this province, anyway, one way or another 
have not repudiated those policies. They seem to be, to greater or lesser extents, they seem to have some level of comfort with uh, with this sort of larger quasi-socialist state in which we mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think a lot of people confuse a socialist state with a big insurance plan, which could be offered to them under a yeah, but private system. It doesn't system. matter how they confuse but it. Mostly, they're not thinking ideology. Them. They're just thinking, am I getting the product that the politician But isn't me? that their right just to think that if they choose to? Well, yeah, they have that right, but that doesn't eliminate the effects of Gordon buys from me, and it helps me sustain myself. I've already done harm in the world is done by good people, or any more than they owe me anymore. That's right. right? That's, that, well, but the road to hell is... Quant- uh, but that doesn't mean, that's not to say that wanting to help the concept of capitalism being the law of the jungle, that's one of the... It reminds me appropriate uh, analogies I've ever seen. It's, it's where the opposite. The law of the jungle. How do animals live in the jungle? They devour each other. They kill each other. They use force. Capitalist... And Charlie turns to him and says, nobody gets devoured. It's an economic, a lot of money. And at making widgets, you might be good at make guy. Last panel, Linus turns to Charlie Brown and says, I want to be a philanthropist with other people's money. <laughs> right? Now, that is the nature Perfect. of socialism, Perfect. okay? And that's that's not being a philanthropist in the true sense of it's the word. It's got to be confusing, too, though, when I look at, for instance, right now, uh, you couldn't imagine a Canadian government running a deficit, for instance, even though we have liberal governments, you know, in some of the, some of the provinces. But it's just like the whole idea of a deficit from the left now, they've said, can't have deficits. It's a bad thing. Uh, and yet, you know, as we know in the United States that we have uh, George Bush proposing to run the biggest deficits in mm-hmm. history, trillion dollar uh, deficits. And he's, you know, he's right wing. And if somebody coming to the to the, to the field afresh would say, okay, who's the party that are going to support big deficits? And Ten years ago, it would have been the left. Now it's the right. Uh, it's funny again how these things change. I can tell you why that is. Probably Milton Friedman had the greatest effect on that because the bottom line, deficits and taxes are one and the same thing. The real price that you're paying is what the government is spending, regardless of whether it's paying for it through direct taxes mm-hmm. or deficits. And a belief came into the, quote, right conservative, I'm talking about right-wing conservative um, schools of thought, and I think Milton Friedman led the charge on this because he pointed out how you really shouldn't worry about a deficit. He says what you worry about is the total government spending. Because that's really what's going to affect the productivity and the well-being of a nation. So that if you have less spending but a higher deficit, you're still better off than you are with more spending and a lower deficit, believe it or not, because they're taking less from the people. Mm-hmm. But I think the average Joe would say that we've we've had it hammered into us for the last 15 years that deficits are bad because we're borrowing money, we're spending our children's But we never pay them back. Pay That's the problem. Yet. Well, Canada's paid down its debt by quite a bit in the last few years. But again, everybody sort of got on board with this is the position of the right, that debt, deficit is bad because you have to pay interest on it mm-hmm. and mortgaging your children's future. Now, now, at least in the States, not in Canada, I don't think at all, I don't think any government in Canada would propose running a deficit right now because they'd be killed. Well, the Ontario PCs are, are proposing running one. Well, except they have legislation saying they can't. Uh, well, they change it at whim. Well, that's what them. I mean. It's <laughs> darn confusing. <laughs> but isn't that ultimately, doesn't it come down to that too, uh, that, that the that the uh, the ethics, and perhaps ethics, is the, the ideologies involved ultimately on both sides have to bow down to the political reality. If you want to try to exercise your ideology, you have to get elected. 
And Absolutely. If, and if, yeah. in order to get elected, sometimes you have to abandon your ideology. George no, Bush. No, no, that's not true. Never, 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 never. Nobody who was ever elected abandoned their ideology. Well, look, they I, began to work with other people. I well, can work with left wingers. I'll give you an, ex I'll give you an example people. of George Bush, who ran uh, ran on a campaign of uh, of free and open trade as being the solution to all of America's problems. Began uh, that that was one of the main platforms of his uh, of his personal uh, philosophy, if you will, mm -hmm. and then became the president who presided over uh, new steel tariffs in the United States to keep cheap steel up. Yeah, and, 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 and subsidize the farmers when they wanted the sub. Yeah, yeah, all that those political things he is subject to. That doesn't mean he believes in it just because he's representing his party and doing what the party says in, in terms no, but of the policy. Point, no, the point is trying to make though is. And nor does it mean that he will stop agitating or or putting forth his point of view to, to persuade people. He never stopped persuading. But he's, but he's doing the opposite, though, of what he of what he believed for whatever reason. Whether he's doing it pragmatically or whether yeah. he's now been persuaded that he was wrong, and that's possible too. Like he's learned a lot. Not the, don't not, forget, Bill Clinton was one of the big free traders, even though mm -hmm. he was quote left wing. Right, mm -hmm. that was one of the policies that kept him in power and kept him popular. Oh sure. Uh, uh, well, that's another thing. But the states in Canada, of course, is that in the states nobody is a left winger. The left wingers are called liberals. That's as far as you go <laughs> down that spectrum. And even being called a liberal is pretty iffy sometimes. Well, consider the word progressive conservative. It's a contradiction in terms. Mm -hmm. Conservative means like no change. <laughs> progressive yeah. means change. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're the no change change party. Right. <laughs> like, and and, it's, and that's why the party's imploding. It has no identity. They've got a mixture of of capitalists and socialists in that party and that's what's the true split is and uh, if you really want to see a split ideologically i think nothing more vivid than the war what it has done to people's mm -hmm. you know you yeah, see yeah. a whole different left and right and mm -hmm. it goes right down the middle of every group whether it's ethnic racial religious whether it's uh, libertarians even are you know you usually see them always united not on this one mm -hmm. same with the uh, republicans and even democrats i understand yeah. democrats are about 50 50 on the war well and i was saying at the break that an irony of that is that i've concluded that that all of my left-wing values come from watching american movies my whole life that they're all kind of they're usually kind of mushy liberalish you know that they're mm -hmm. all kind of well you're just watching soft, the wrong movie yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch more Sam watch more yeah. <laughs> gentlemen thank you both for a most enjoyable uh, uh, half hour here we always appreciate him thanks, with us we we'll look forward thanks, to seeing Jim. you next time yeah. okay. bob metz and jeff schlemmer with us today on left right and center